0: You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction, TV series, movie, or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Kenneth. And tonight we're looking at the seventh episode of the second season of Star Hunter Redux, the episode entitled The Third Thing. Matilda is the saccharine bitchy host of a Holovision program called The Third Thing. Next week's show is coming up fast, and she demands that producer Julian and his let's call her aide, Nastine, come up with something good for the show. Something that takes ordinary people doing extraordinary things, transforming them into extraordinary people in the process. Terraformers, people working to resolve difficult political situations, police, teachers, doctors. No! Del, 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 del. Bring me Bounty Hunter. About that same time, two erstwhile bounty hunters, Marcus and Percy, are complaining about the fact that they're always doing the mechanical engineering and grunt work of carrying bottomless ball boxes that they're suited for, rather than the glamorous, exciting bounty hunter that the pros are doing. Marcus resolves to demand a job from Travis. Jobs appear to be pretty slim on the ground though, as Travis and Callie can't find any work that isn't beneath them. In comes Marcus demanding a job, and then in comes Rudolfo with a job, a documentary by famous documentary producer Julian for The Third Thing. Travis, a man who has a face likely to get him in trouble with the Raiders, doesn't really want his face plastered all over the airwaves. It's a lot of money, though, so they agree to send Marcus and Percy, with the support of Callie, to pick up a repeat offender that's absolutely so bad at being on the run, he just keeps getting picked up. Marcus has a hole drilled into his brain and has a camera attached to his optic nerve so they can get a camera feed. Percy is unsuitable. Go figure. They go to Io City and things start turning bad quickly. Tremaine, the target of their bounty, is meeting with raiders and then a gunfight breaks out and an innocent woman is killed in the crossfire. Marcus and Percy pursue and during this we learn that the entire thing is being broadcast live on The Third Thing with Matilda giving remarkably insightful commentary. For the show, the first thing is Marcus and Percy. The second thing is Tremaine because he's been wired up too. Rodolfo back on the ship watches The Third Thing, realizes there's a problem and heads for assistance. Nasdeen is having second thoughts about being a participant in this criminal endeavor that has already gotten one bystander killed. She's reminded she'll never work in HV again if she backs out now, so so she continues to be an accessory to the crime in process. Until she's shot and killed. To her credit, she does sort of try to warn Marcus before she's killed. Uh, When the audience votes to let the villains get access to extra intel on the location of Marcus, things are looking very bad indeed, until Rudolfo arrives and saves the day by subduing the Raiders. That is, until the third thing is revealed. It's the pointless third act story complication. Staple of such hack shows as The Third Thing and Star Hunter Redux. What is it? Callie has been taken by more raiders who are also acting as cameras for the Third Thing's eager audience. Rodolfo sweeps in with a flourish, pretending to be the director of the Third Thing, and subdues them. All's well that ends well. They torture and humiliate Julian a bit in an airlock, and then they get paid. And both sides agree not to press charges against the other, and they all live happily ever after there is that slight coda at the end where we learn that Rudolfo knew all along what type of show the third thing was. So so there's that, the end. Okay, the third thing. What do you think of the third thing?
1: I enjoyed watching it. Um, it reminded me that um, reality shows are not real.
0: Mm-hmm. If, if you
1: know I me, mean. in in this case, in this case it has this case it has a body count.
0: Yeah. So you know it it's i i feel like i i don't know if i make this explanation on the show often enough or whether i just do it in my head apologizing it it is it is never it is never my intention going into a a podcast to be here's this problem, here's that problem, here's the other problem, here's the other problem, this problem. I don't hate watch shows. I never hate, I hate, hate watching shows. I'm not a hate watcher. Uh, You know, I, this is as close as I get, Star Hunter. Uh, And, and it's not because I'm doing it because I enjoy the, 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 that it. So the, the criticism is leveled occasionally that I pick on things, but I I want to explain how I go through a, a show. Sometimes I watch them once, sometimes I watch them twice. It depends on the show. Um, sometimes even more times. depends on how familiar I am with it, how recently I've seen it, a number of things. Uh, but uh, when I watch through the show for my notes, I go through the show and I'm doing I'm doing two things. The first thing is I'm writing out the beats that happen through the show so that I can later write the synopsis. And the second thing I do is I write down either things that stand out to me as excellent, stand out to me as awful, or that raise interesting uh, conceptual ideas. And, and And then when I'm done doing that and watching the episode, then I go back to the notes and I highlight the ones that are goods, bads, and ideas. And then I use the ones that are none of those to create the synopsis, which I am not above editorializing during the course of. And we do the synopsis because not everyone watches the shows, or has access to the shows, or you know, as with Star Hunter Redux, they're going to disappear again before people get to have disappeared again. Maybe they're back again. Who knows whether whether anyone will ever be able to watch these to go along with the show. So you know, you got to kind of have a, a feel for what's what's going on. And and it's it would be really easy for me to sit here and go, this is an idiotic episode. Of some extremely half-assed attempt at satire about television in in this episode, but but I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend my hour just just picking. So I sat back after this one and I and I looked at it again, and I want to I want to have a discussion about <laughs> about how they have tried to subvert the the nature of television to produce something that so obviously doesn't how do i put uh, so in other words when you when you're watching television right you you edit television right, right. Uh, a guy a guy goes all right let's hit the star drive and in a week we'll be at planet theta omicron 6 boom well we don't watch tv as they fly to Theta Omicron 6, we have a fade and a cut. That's television. There is there is a language to it. And we are, you know we remove the things that are pointless. And there are also conventions to it about Czechovian guns and, and other things that can either be tropes or they can be important parts so the audience doesn't feel cheated, etc. When I watch this, at first I was ridiculously, well, at first I thought what they were doing is they were interspersing between two points in time. We were watching what was happening. And then when we would cut to the third thing in the studio, we were watching what was ha- what was being played back later on. You know, like one of those shows where they do a thing and then they show you how the media has distorted it, a la yeah. the episode of Babylon 5 where they do that. And, but they're not, they're doing this in real time. That audience is there for the entirety of this adventure. There are no edits. There are no cuts. There can't be because it wouldn't work the way they've set the show up with the audience in real time saying, okay, let's, let's go ahead and let the bad guys have access to Julian's eye cameras so he can see, uh, see Marcus. Um, yeah, and the audience
1: so, the audience t- took away the um, sniper and the tower and,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, they're doing stuff in real time with this audience and and uh, 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 Matilda Matilda, I think it's Matilda. M- yes, it is. Matilda? Matilda is actually watching Callie, and she's going well. Obviously, she's a parent, you know a child of uh, alcoholic parents, and she's a fixer, and she's doing psychoanalysis of this woman on the fly. And I'm not saying it's right, but some of it's right. That that does fit bits of her character personality. So she's doing a remarkably good job. Now, if this were scripted, like in a TV show where you were had viewed all this and then afterwards had gone through and put that together, it makes sense. But because she's doing it on the fly, it's, you know, remarkably. Now, I, I don't know where, you're, where your knowledge of Big Brother, the TV show, falls on the the I know scale that here. I know that it existed. Okay, and I'm not a i am not aii am not a watcher of the show. I've never been a fan of the show. Uh, my experience of the show is when I heard it first came out, the big deal. And I'm now I'm talking about the one in the Netherlands, the original, 1999. Put that date right here and compared to where Star Hunter Redux was made, and you know, 2003. It fits. Yeah, it fits right. But the big thing. For me and my friends who heard about Big Brother, of course, we couldn't watch it because it's in the Netherlands. But what they were doing, and I don't know if any of the other Big Brothers did this, but the one in the Netherlands had the cameras feeding live all the time. You could go on the Internet and you could watch what was happening in that house. From And not every camera. I don't think the ones in the bedrooms and whatnot, but, you know, they were around the grounds in place. You could watch the show. Or you could watch the real life events of the people speaking dutch, and of course, you couldn't understand them if you don't speak Dutch, which I don't and it was incredibly boring, but it was the notion of this all pervasive all seeing all the time camera but now, but the show Big Brother once a week, a team of editors goes through and cleans that up, picks up the best stuff, you know, crafts it into a narrative, and broadcasts it is no longer reality because no one would watch it. No audience would sit there and watch Marcus and Percy wandering around and taking the shuttle, and the ratings would be nothing. They, they could not possibly have a TV show made this way, and so when they threw that wrinkle in there, you're just like, you, you, you <laughs> what, what, what does Marcus do when he goes off to the bathroom to have a wank? Or, or take a crap. I mean, it, it, it's like, is that being broadcast or does he have to close his eyes while he showers? I, I oh, it, like, it, it really, and I assume that they're trying to make some point that this is supposed to be a satire, but they're not, but they've made it so ridiculous. The people are murdered in this show. What? And the audience. Not only does the audience applaud, but at the end, we all just agree not to press charges. Well, what about the woman who was murdered in the bar? Did her family agree not to press charges? You know, there's a difference between civil and criminal yes, courses. If if you shoot somebody, it doesn't matter whether their family wants to press charges or not. <laughs> like, right? That's a criminal. This was broadcast across the solar system, and <laughs> like. Just how it. On the, uh, on the other hand,
1: in universe, I can believe that given how corrupt the courts are. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, but uh, that, I'll, I'll yeah, refute this. I mean, but just given how bad the courts are in this series, then I can believe that
0: people believe that they had a reasonable chance of getting away with it. Here's the thing: we, you've said that before, and, and 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 I knew that would be the defense. And I'm not, not trying to dismiss that, but I knew that would be the defense. It's been the defense before. Every time the court systems don't hold up or people get away with crimes or whatnot, it's like, well, you know, the whole system or the police don't do their job. It's like, oh, we just turn on the hunters because the police are corrupt. Okay, fine. Why do they need bounty hunters at all? the bounty hunters are doing something on behalf of someone who is in some way attempting to hold someone somewhere to some form of accountability. If the system is so bad that you can get away with murder on television in front of, you know, 12 or 13 people or however big the audience was at the moment that 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 happened, then really there is no need for the whole bounty hunter infrastructure at all because there is no accountability. And... That's one of the flaws. Of this universe. There's no, there's no logic to to the criminal justice system. And just saying it's corrupt doesn't account for how it operates. It it it, it or fails to operate or why they have on one world you can have your memory erased for a year, <laughs> and and then then that'll be fine and you're back on the. It it, it just doesn't hold any kind of cohesive. Yes. And the, uh, the, sense the, to it. the
1: second part of my statement is that's no guarantee that there, it, well, there won't be consequences, just that they will be off camera.
0: <clears throat> yep, perhaps. Um, so now then, then let's turn our eye to the other facet of this. And I think this is another very, very poor choice of calling this show, and I mean the in-world show, the third thing. Because obviously the audience knows all about it, right? I mean, they're cheering along. You guys know what that is? The first thing! Yay! So, right, this is week after week. That's what this show is. So when they were talking about, well, we should do a thing on terraformers trying to reform the Earth, or we should do something about the, the politicians who are trying to resolve the problems of the Earth-Mars Federation, or Earth-Moon Federation. Uh, and And so they're going to take those topics and they're going to set up the first thing, set up the second thing and then throw them the surprise curveball with the third thing. It <laughs> it's not it's but, not
1: exactly hard-hitting journalism now is it?
0: No, but it but it's it is sufficiently lurid that you would have to not be talking about things like the terraformers or doctors or or you know, you would you would have Anybody watching the show obviously knows that's what they're going to do. Therefore, anyone who would get involved with the show would obviously have to know what they should be expecting, that the producers are going to throw them a, a curveball intentionally. and yes. b- Because that's basically what the show is called, right? The Curveball. So, it's the cur- called yes, the third it's thing.
1: Exactly but-, exactly. but also here that I get the impression from watching the episode that, no one's died on the show before. There may be something embarrassing happened, uh, but no one died.
0: I, I will concede that no one has apparently died on the show because they did. The producer, of course, it's hard to tell with Julian because he's so slimy. Oh, he, 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 he oozes from just, the beginning. He could have just been doing that for the purposes. of The guy should a reaction be. The guy should talent. be
1: selling used starships.
0: Yeah. And 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 I I have that note here is when he went to Callie, he's like oh this has never happened before and he's just like he's like he's getting really upset about it and and I'm like is he really upset or is he trying to get her on camera to to say something or do something that will be interesting for the second. for the audience yeah and I like I don't know but it just in a way it raises questions but the answers are just. Like, yeah, you know, it just, and, and, and throughout the course of the entire show, well, not the entire show, once they got going and it it became obvious that they were on a real-time feed, my thought was, wow, you people are some of the dumbest people I've ever seen on TV because you didn't even bother to check out what the third thing was before you agreed to do this. Because even if it wasn't wasn't going to go to death, if you knew you were going to be on an assignment where the producers of the show were going to be, well, A, linked up to your opponents, and B, throwing you a curveball, second and third things, uh, that maybe you would have reconsidered this. And so the whole time I'm thinking, wow, you know, I would never go on a TV show without at least Googling it and and seeing what it was about if I'd never heard of the show. And that was bad enough... When you get to the last scene and Rodolfo is like, well, he doesn't admit it, but Caravaggio outs him. He knew all along. Rodolfo would be off that ship. He has no claim to that ship. He's only there out of a deal basically with Percy and Travis. And he may have swept in and saved the day. But two people died. Not not specifically his fault. But, you know, two people were killed and murdered because... Percy and Marcus were thrown in unprepared and the producers were trying to raise the drama on the situation. And he should have recognized that. That is something he should have disclosed. And, you know, it it does not matter that he goes, oh, hadn't thought about that midway through the show and heads off to save the day. Uh, You you don't get to save the day when you're the cause of everybody being there. And, And, you know, it's not like he's, Employs Travis, like in the Series 1, where you can't get rid of Rudolfo. Callie, sure, Callie works for Rudolfo, but she could quit and work for Travis, and Rudolfo could be set off uh, at the nearest station, and bye-bye. Thank you for nearly getting Marcus and Percy killed. I mean, actually, honestly, thank you for almost getting Percy killed, but she didn't really seem like in that much danger, so... So, I mean, that, that this, this is what... Came out of this episode was, I, I, I'm I'm absolutely love the notion of exposing the hypocrisy of of this kind of journalism and doing a satire on this kind of journalism. I, I, again, I'm you can't see me do the square scare quotes around journalism, but I. It misses. This This just misses the mark on, on almost every level for me. And the fact that, you know, even the HR department is, doesn't appear to be involved in this because hey, you killed one of your employees and you blackmail your employees. Because that's, that's exactly what Julian did when she goes, oh, I really can't do this. Is like, you got a kid, you need to feed your bills, you are never going to work again in television. Holovision, whatever you call it. Again, if you, if you back out of this, uh if you back out of this... Actually, deadly, dangerous assignment. I'm thinking, actually, if she walked away from that, uh, she's got a hell of a story as a reporter to give to somebody else. You know, that could make a career, not break it forever. <laughs> Especially after the first woman is dead. Right. So, I mean, well, it's a house also, of cards.
1: In the story, she didn't live much
0: longer either. So, No, no, she didn't. But she did go along with it. Yeah. Right. I mean she's yes. like eh, all right, fine, I'll, I'll go along with. It. And this is already after she'd tried to warn Marcus. Right. Not very well, but she did try to warn Marcus. And and then to put one last thing on, I'm I'm really curious as to where in the program <laughs> they took the vote as to whether or not to have the snipers up there and how they withdrew the snipers. Right? Were the snipers working for Tremaine? Because it sounds like they were Tremaine's guys, the Raiders. But suddenly now we remove that plot point because the audience... When did the audience vote? I mean, how far back in the broadcast did they come up with by the way, about 30 minutes from now, we're going to lead them into a trap. Which actually you don't know that they're going to do that. And if they do lead him into... Well, you kind of do because that's where Callie is. Alright. But... Uh, you know, we're, you want to have snipers waiting to kill them or not? Like, really? Would would If you were in the audience, are you culpable for voting yes? yes. Yeah, put the snipers. up Exactly. You should be... A, a comp- All of the audience are an accomplice to murder at that point if they had said yes to the snipers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and there, of course, also, uh, obviously, we didn't see the entirety of the show inside the show.
0: Right. We only know that... We, we only know that they got to see it,
1: <laughs> which right. is, exactly or, or,
0: or, or were, I don't know, shackled to their chairs and forced to watch it. I'm not sure which,
1: but. Well, they seem to be, uh, people seem to be, well. Yeah, they, they, they seem they, to they, be they, into it. The remote not... audience was clapping and, you know, they're happy.
0: Right. I, no, I don't get the, I, 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 yeah, I get that. I'm just, I'm saying it's still hard to believe that an assignment that, you know, could have potentially taken days. And obviously took hours, many and hours. We, and,
1: and we don't know how long the episode of the third thing is.
0: Right. You know, is it, 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 but well, but it has, surely it has to run as long as it has to run. Right. Right. I mean, you, you just, you don't, you don't set your audience up and say, okay, we're sending the bounty hunters in and then find out, well, sorry, our hour's is over and they haven't gotten further than flying in the shuttle. Bye bye. Join yeah. us next week. All that just really c- could have been could have been done just by literally solving it by putting the the broadcast interspersing the broadcast in the future, but you know, then you couldn't do the audience participation and I think that was that was the the gig that they were going for, right? I mean that was they were they were I think they're riffing on Big Brother where people would vote off people from the the show every week that was a big money spinner too because you paid money to vote people off and so uh i think that's you know what they were what they were riffing on but you know done much better on shows like uh the orville and i can't remember the name of the episode but there's an episode where uh one of the crew members they go down to a planet and they do something that's a crime and and that's how they punish things by having the public vote on them that was that was a I remember uh, that a, one a bit of satire that that kind of landed more or less yeah um, and one... if you go back a little bit farther
1: uh, there is a, perhaps the best satire on reality TV is
0: a movie the Truman Show right right the Truman show um, exactly so I mean it's been it's definitely been done better when was the Truman Show out though 1998 Nineteen ninety eight, so it came out before Big Brother. Yes. How? What was it satirizing?
1: Uh, let's see, if you go back by to nineteen ninety eight, there was already—I want to think—Survivor.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: I think Big Brother was the first. Granted, I haven't spent a lot of time watching reality TV, but obviously, there no, was, me neither. You know, me neither. Uh, I'm
0: trying to remember when Survivor first season was. Can we blame the Truman Show for Big Brother? <laughs> oh. That that's a I, I that that's worth looking into uh, for 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 later on. But huh, I uh, yeah, I always thought the 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 Truman Show was was riffing on on Big Brother as well. Let me but, double check uh, that
1: date, just to be on the factually correct side. Oh, the <laughs> factually correct side. <laughs> that's, uh, that's... I, I I actually like that side. So uh, objectively, certain. Movies debuted on certain dates. So, I already to our friends at I am nineteen ninety eight. Uh, okay. It debuted on June the fifth, nineteen
0: ninety eight. Hmm. How's that for detail? Summer blockbuster. Yes. June. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Huh. I have to take a look at that in in the context of what what they were thinking. Now, well, neither here nor there. Well, more interesting possibly than. All right, let, let's um, let, let's take a couple of other things. So yes, the the uh, in a way, the one thing that this show did satirize that I appreciated, and I don't think it was intentional, it was the fact that three quarters, actually more than three quarters of the way through, they threw it the whole bit with Callie being the the random, completely not foreshadowed plot complication yeah. along the way, and. I alluded to it in the exactly what Star Hunter Redux does. They like to throw complications that have no uh, no foreshadowing uh, at all at times in the show, and it, it's one of my complaints is that it's that it it's not earned. <laughs> it's, I mean, it maybe life is like that. Yes, although in this case life is obviously not like that because it's staged. But you know, you don't you don't get Chekhov's gun in a in, a, in, in real life. But, um, you know, dramatically, you do. And we are intentionally being held back from the knowledge of what the third thing is. We're, we're supposed to be teasing it out. The audience knows inside the show, that the producers know, everybody knows except our heroes and, and us. And they're holding that back so that they won't tell us what the third thing is. If we knew what the third thing was, you'd go in this with different expectations.
1: Yeah, Callie, I, I did go back and check. And uh, um, Callie wandered off to go check on departures. Yeah, she just... And then the next time I saw her, she was tied to a chair.
0: Yeah. So, it was, it was unexpected. Um, and, let's face it, it was resolved with remarkable simplicity. You know, the tension that was built up where Marcus was facing off with Tremaine... Was much better payoff for this episode, although you know a kind of a cheat because Marcus didn't save the day, Rudolfo did, and it's all Rudolfo's fault. So he's he's not even the one that deserves to have been the hero at no, the end is, of this, this episode. Is, uh, this, let's, let's talk about that point. Um,
1: this is uh, this episode contains a callback to the episode Starcrossed, where there's a reference to the Lou Tovey's people. And Lou Tovey was, uh, if you remember remember episode two, Star-Crossed, Lou Tovey is a bounty hunter who hires other bounty hunters, and they all specialize in former raiders. And so it made sense that Lou Tovey was chasing down Tremaine. But anyhow...
0: Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a second. second. Now, if if I'm correct in my recollection of when they mentioned Lou Tovey, it was before they accepted the bounty. They said... They said, this guy's so bad that Lutovie's yeah. people keep bringing him exactly. in. Exactly, that was it, exactly. And so, and Lutovie specializes as former raiders. In raiders, and they all yes. knew that, and yes. yet and yet, Marcus was surprised yeah. when he was a raider. That didn't make, that doesn't make any sense either. That makes it just a little worse. That that detail yeah. makes things worse. I thought, I couldn't remember the name Lutovie. I, I remember them saying it, and I remember them going, well, if they only bring him in, then they, I mean they must be, Awful. Yeah, um, I, I i noticed that. Uh, but for, uh, there's something
1: else nurse But first things first. But then, the think about the episode Starcrossed, where it was uh, Rudolfo brought Lutovi and one of his bounty hunters mm-hmm. on board the ship, and then killed them. Yep. And so you get that situation there. So you get, it gets um, Rudolfo is trouble.
0: Well, I I don't disagree. He's definitely got some problems. Uh, I was of the impression that he he did what he did for exactly the reasons that he said he did them in that episode. Yes. That he killed them because, basically, they need to not know Travis is out there. Exactly, yes. So, well, Travis was plastered all over that show. He was, and so was Callie, who didn't want to be in it. Right. And- so... Not a great job of, not a great job of, of preventing that. Exactly. And exactly doing what Rodolfo apparently was trying to truly, he, he even see, he was part of the discussion where it would not be a good idea for Travis to have his face all over the place. It's like, you're right. Travis should have left before the producers ever got there. But,
1: uh, I, uh yeah. Yeah. And you know. also, of course, but Rodolfo did accomplish his purpose in this one, which was to get money. And he did get money.
0: He's always talking about money. Well, I, yep, absolutely. I'm not saying I, that's not his motivations, but, you know, sometimes money brings stops your best bounty hunter from doing his work, which is what would have happened if Travis had been taken. Because yes. he is your best. So that's, you know, penny wise and pound foolish. I also do have to ask the uh, the question when they said, um, when at the end Caravaggio said, you know, we got our money and after shift. After ship's payments, we're, you know, I forgot what he said, Made we made money. Something yes. like, what ship's payment? I thought Percy owned this thing. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was either. Um, mainly, in this
1: episode, I enjoyed the little character bits. I did go back through and roll back to scenes after dialogue subsequent to scenes and look at scenes again. Um, I noticed, for, um, here are two points that came up. Number one. Um, supposedly, uh the re- reason that uh, Marcus was not supposed to rip out the cortical implant was he he'd be blind for 48 hours.
0: Yeah, I noticed that.
1: Yeah. And he wasn't. Um, yeah. And the other one was in the bar.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: when the raiders came in, not one of them made eye contact with Julian. Mhm. And I know I watched that
0: scene twice after the yeah, a- yeah. afterward and yet we're told they did. Yes, and so that's like Well, they did make eye contact with him when, when he was trying to shoot at him. Why was he trying to shoot at him?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, but except for that but you come in the
0: bar, he was like and Mark said he was looking for you. Do, do you like, think do you think that the idea here is that uh Julian went to the Raiders to Tremaine which how 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 did he get to Tremaine when they went after Tremaine right after they found out about Tremaine, and then they went after Tremaine, and then suddenly Tremaine's wired up before Julian could have gotten to him, put implants in his friends, and back again. But but that notwithstanding, what is Tremaine thinking is going on in this story? Is he thinking that we're doing a day in the life of the Raiders, and then when a bounty hunter shows up, he goes, wait a minute, the third thing, I'm the second thing, not the first thing. Oh, no, or or. What? Because that's the only reason I can think of that he would then try to shoot Julian is that he feels like he's been betrayed by him.
1: That's interesting because by the let's think about this. Because um, when Matilda
0: talks to Tremaine, he seems to know who she is. Yeah, that's true. Even more so, they the the raiders appear to be more in on this than the bounty hunters. Yeah, so somehow off screen and setting all this up, and
1: we get the impression that maybe. Um, uh, Julian was somehow involved, perhaps not directly. The um, show, show had other staff. We saw two of them get chased off at the end. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there were some other people there, but it just, it. but if it had been somebody else other than Julian that had gone to the Raiders and said, hey, let me get you some cameras and stuff like that, uh, why would they have recognized Julian to be the guy to shoot? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, but let's go back to the other one because I do have my notes on it uh, about the implant in Marcus. So, when Marcus ripped that thing out, I'm like, my first, my note is, so was Julian lying about the 48 hours of blindness when you removed the thing? Julian lied. Right. He did lie. And I, you know, I do have the question of, uh, would you allow somebody to put something in your brain for any reason. But would you allow somebody to put something in your brain and then they didn't have to disclose? By the way, when we take this out, you're going to be blind for two days. That was a little, So, you know, that even steps up to a different question before I get to the, the truly gruesome part. Would you... I don't care how... So there's a story by Harlan Ellison, <laughs> I think. I think it's Harlan Ellison. I couldn't find it. I looked. I looked and I looked and I looked. And maybe it's by somebody else. And it's... <clears throat> Can't even remember what it's completely about. But what I remember most was that the the main first person character in the story was a doctor in the future, and in the future, doctors were no longer high skilled, highly trained people. I mean, they were trained, but they were more like a butcher. Not and butcher is probably wrong, but but in other words, they were a journeyman job. Right. You, you know, it's all done by computer, and you know, hack this and grow it back on and do that stuff, and the other there, there's no actual. You don't have to be that walking encyclopedia of diagnoses and understanding human anatomy and all that stuff. You just, you know, you're now performing it. And so it's really, it's a low-level job instead of a high-level job. And have we gotten to that point in this universe? Because I don't think we have, based on other things we've seen. No, we haven't. Where a television producer is performing brain surgery on someone. Because it was brain surgery. They had to tap into their optic nerve. Yeah. And I didn't look it up. Cause you know I didn't I didn't do the anatomy thing to find out if he really put the hole in the right part of the brain to tap into there, but you know they didn't do themselves any favors by doing the special effects of like the the camera look showing up in Marcus's eye when they were activating you know it's projecting out his eye so I mean it it's it's in there I don't I wouldn't trust a television producer to do that but hey Marcus is not the brightest bulb. And he ripped it out of his head. He ripped something that's in his brain out of his head and he's not dead. Yeah. I found that perhaps a step over the line in the course of that episode. Uh, If he had been in fact blinded and that he had still somehow managed to overcome the bad guy, that would have been good that would have been a good resolution but instead he is neither blinded nor does he save the day because Rodolfo comes in and saves the day it it's just from from the structure standpoint it's just very unsatisfying uh and you know it's unsatisfying that they didn't put one in Percy's brain and that she didn't rip it out and it accidentally killed her and but but, you know. but she but she she refused i don't i good Not you've really. watched it 3 times i've watched it the once i'll watch it in my lifetime she um, refused i i thought that when uh Nazdine put the thing up the head to her. She said this isn't gonna work. Those were her words. This isn't gonna work. Oh, she was
1: looking at the hair.
0: Uh, Is that what it was? Yes, the hair. Okay, where were the uh, where were the cortical things in the in Tremaine? And or um, in uh or Julian? It has to
1: Neither. be underneath. Maybe you may have to shave some little area and you can drop other hair around it or something, but uh and I said take it that with Nazdeen apparently their hair had grown out over where where the people put the implant? Oh yeah, Dean had one too. Yeah. Yeah, but people had. But so long ago, people had her hair grown out again. But apparently, um, it was as Percy wasn't at all enthusiastic about getting one, about getting an implant anyway, and she refused, and
0: nobody pushed it. But there, wa- there wasn't. But there wasn't anything there about that, as far as I could tell. She just pushed the thing up against her head, and I thought it was a scanning device. He says, "This is not going to work." I, I, it seemed like Percy was willing to go along with it up to the moment she stuck the thing to her head and said, this isn't going to work. And then and Percy, then, uh, well, she wasn't Percy afraid goes, of no, blood.
1: She wasn't afraid of blood. And then this isn't going to work. And Percy asked if it was if it was necessary. People didn't seem to think, think it was it was necessary for both of them to
0: have it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which would have been very poor television if it had turned out that Percy has been the one that was in on the kill for the bounty hunt and Marcus had been sidelined instead of vice versa. So I don't, I don't think they'd have allowed it. You know, I, I don't think they would have allowed her to not do it and be participatory in the show. They could have given her a handheld camera or a, a body cam or something because they obviously had those because uh, of the swoop cam thing or the jelly roll. Sorry, the, the jelly, roll. jelly roll. Yeah. So yeah, that was, uh, just di- dis- yeah, disturbing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Disturbing. Uh, let's see. I have
1: um, some notes here. I really, I really like Callie when she's angry. She just has a great anger mode, uh, especially to make this offhand remark about quote biting heads off documentary makers unquote. Mm.
0: Yeah, I kind of wish she'd held that and just kicked them off the ship. But, yes. Yeah,
1: and I like the irony of hollow uh, people calling these hollow vision TV producers hollow visionaries. Yeah, never heard anybody call them a
0: televisionary.
1: No, but hollow
0: visionaries—that's that's surprised.
1: Uh, it sounds a little more um, fancy and illustrious. Yeah. Pretentious, of course. It's nothing like that. It's, it, it, it is it's entirely, it's entirely pretentious. And the, let me note here, um, Carla Collins played Matilda. Okay. Now, uh, this is probably a case of um, stunt casting. I don't recognize her. Okay. The re- okay. Well, she's a, she is in Canada. She's apparently quite famous. She's the queen of comedy, quote, inside quotes, and she is, quote, Canada's
0: Tina Fey, unquote. Huh okay, so she's on uh what second city t v or something <laughs> something like that, and so she has this apparently a, i never saw her on the red green show she has I a, never she saw her on the she has some
1: sort of of a good reputation uh above the forty ninth parallel
0: well i mean she was uh, she she did competently as at the job that she was given um i i would say yeah she played a saccharine bitchy t v host uh Quite well, which you know, honestly, for the level of acting that often accompanies this show is is saying a lot that I didn't even notice it. So, oh, okay. So one other question. Yes. And this is just this is just a point of confusion. Go ahead. Um, the show was on Jupiter. Yeah. When we well. started out, the first scene, Jupiter basically kind of zoom in. There you are in the TV studio, and she's doing the show. Jupiter. Yes. It's transmitting from Mars. Line of dialogue in the show. The audience
1: is in Mars. You um, see it's like, but it's a. If you notice, like the um, the studio and the host are in war, war, one or, or around one planet, and the audience is projected behind her.
0: Right. No, and, I. And, I, I
1: and, and they're off in Mars. Yeah.
0: That's a. But they're transmitting from Mars. Yeah. Why would a Jupiter station be relaying their signal? I I don't know. It just I just thought it was an odd bit of what, what. Why not just why not just set the show on Mars in the first place? In other words, have you know Mars and then cut to her studio and talk about it, and then the next scene we're in orbit around Jupiter where they're intercepting with the uh, the bounty hunter. It it just was an odd kind of um, here. I, I under I I actually know why they said, I think I know why. Uh, I'll be clear. I think I know why they said it was transmitting from Mars. It was so that they would not get any ideas that they could suppress the transmission. Go on. Right? You know, it's like, it's it's just a distance thing. It's like, well, let's just get to the transmitter and you can't. The transmitter is on a small island in the North Atlantic. Oh, and we're here in Southern California. All right. Well, that one's out. We'll have to do the next best thing. Rip the cortical third thing out of my eyes. <laughs> okay. Um, but I just, I, I didn't know if they were, in a way, I didn't know if they were trying to say anything by setting her on Jupiter and then pushing the transmitters back far away. Or is television a multi-system affair? It
1: seems to be. As, uh, let's talk about the systems. I wish
0: the, we could watch the BBC like that.
1: And that would be funny. You know? Yes, but it'd be nice. With, uh, we have because the Mars is Mars is the Mars Federation. Jupiter is, is Jupiter Federation. Mm-hmm. So apparently they're doing Hollow Vision together. And I'm not entirely certain what the what the political structure of the solar system is. I mean, yeah. I, I I can name the federations. We have the Lunar Terran Federation. Name checked here. Yeah, And we have the Mars Federation and the Jupiter Federation and the Saturn Federation. And then the four federations have interest on the two inner planets and then on the outer worlds.
0: Yeah. So it just, it was just, okay. It, it just didn't, it just didn't quite jive, but it, it didn't really matter. I just thought it was an odd mixture of, of stuff. And the other thing is um, at the beginning of the episode, we see, we see uh Travis and Callie talking about all the jobs they don't want to do because it's beneath them. And I don't think they used those words, but they did. that's, that's that, that was the idea. Yeah, that was that was definitely the idea. This is like, "Oh, that's no fun. Oh, that's no fun." Some of those jobs were shuttling things. Uh so I'm I'm thinking freight? Are we talking about hauling freight? Because that sure appeared to be what they were doing. Yeah. With the boxes, and stuff. I mean, it's an honest living, and you're not doing anything else. So, you know, either either you do do freight, which patently they do because they are quite literally carrying freight as we watch, and or you or you don't. In which case, then that joke didn't play very well. And and why do you have boxes with no bottoms in them filled with balls? I mean, apart from the joke, yeah, yeah, think yeah. a joke, but. Really, that that you're you're hauling bouncy balls. In, I notice that. Not in pallets either. I mean, that ship would be great. I mean, they got a ton of room. They could carry a whole lot of stuff. Not just my back rooms worth of boxes which by the way my back room is literally filled with boxes exactly like that same lids and everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's all junk (laughs) it's like i saw that and i go hey they stole those from my house but then he picked it up and it had no bottom in it i'm like okay no, mine have bottoms i i I do check that
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, but then of course they got now you get to do get six months of income and short period of time okay that's income and Short period of time, and what is six months that. of income for them?
0: I mean, is that six months based on their on their average takings, probably. or is that you know, or all they are they all on salary? I, I, you know, I'd like to think that their corporate structure is such that they actually pay themselves a, a salary and then put the money into the corporate account and then dole it out that way instead of instead of oh, we got a bunch of money in here. That's uh, probably. So I assume it's Marcus, so. you assume you had to have so. a thing stuck in your brain and then ripped it out, so and got shot at. So I'm going to give you 32 percent of the take this time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and of course they have payment. I'm sure there's. I made fun of the ship the ship payments. They called it ship payments. Maybe they should have used a different word because I'm sure there are ongoing expenses, yeah. maintenance, fuel, docking fees, uh, permits, licensure. I'm they sure could, there's a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yes,
1: I, I, certainly the Ju- the uh, Clark Station at Jupiter
0: doesn't let people dock for free. Right, and um, they're probably still paying for that time they ripped off part of the station, escaping. Yeah, I was So they thinking could be making that. payments on that. <laughs> the Clark Station payments. Oh, yeah. Yes. That one. Yeah, I uh, did like
1: the little piece of, there's some little, nice little character beats in here, and little fun lines like, because we're cute and funny.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. At the beginning, mm. in that in that perfect Tanya Allen deadpan, which I've seen enough uh of Tanya uh, enough ta- t- movies and television episodes starring Tanya Allen to pick up on her deadpan delivery style.
0: I I still can't figure her out in season two. I mean, she didn't seem particularly thrilled about the whole bounty hunter. She did and she didn't, right? I mean, in the past, she's wanted to go on these things, and now. She sort of was paying at lip service, but when it came to it, it's like "Oh yeah, mm, mm, yeah, yeah. It, it just they've they've so they've so sidelined her, and for good or for bad, but she's clearly been sidelined on this show, and I will give it this, no matter what I say, you know there was some very painful stuff in this episode. You are right, this cast of characters minus Perhaps Percy, this cast of characters is far more enjoyable to watch them interact than the old cast ever was. yeah, now that much I'll go, and I was even vaguely amused by Rudolfo's "I'm the director uh bit going in and and but it did imply, of course, that the Raiders all knew that that Julian was you know calling the shots basically. And uh and was the boss, not just some guy who walks into their headquarters to get shot for breaking in. So So I mean there are there are things that are definitely better in season two, uh cast and and character beats, but it still does kind of feel like they're just really they've it, it feels like they've gone out of their way to hire the, the Find those script writers that worked on Canada's greatest science fiction show the star lost and get them in here (laughs) because we, we need them. If memory
1: serves, what weren't the writers on star lost, um, high school students and strippers? Uh,
0: the, the, I've not heard the strippers one. Um, but the high school students is definitely a rumor that has not been substantiated, but it's definitely an urban legend that they were high school. (laughs) And I know that we parroted that one back on on i i believe we parroted it with the appropriate caveat that this was not actually proven um because you know they know who the writers are they should be able to track them down but uh yes that that definitely was a that definitely was a thing but it, you know could have been a rumor started by harlan ellison to diss the show that had that had spurned his his brilliance yeah um, i don't i don't know <laughs> By the way, if anybody knows that story that I was talking about, that I think is a Harlan Ellison story, um, le- let me know. But I, I couldn't find it, uh, you know, in the ten minutes of Google searching that I was looking for. But uh, it, it, it's burned upon my memory everything except the plot and where I read it and what it was about and maybe who wrote it.
1: <laughs> oh, I, did, I think Ben Bova wrote a novel called the, called The Star Crossed.
0: I have that. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's um... on his uh, Star Lost experience. Yes, yes. yes. Uh yeah. <laughs> it's a it's an amusing read, but it's not as amusing as I expected it to be. Okay. You know, it's not as scathing as uh as I had hoped. I really I really hoped it was just absolutely Blackadder Hitchhiker's Guide level of rolling in the floor laughing stuff but uh, it, it but it was entertaining don't don 't get me wrong, I definitely got it as soon as I it took me a while to find a copy of it but I don't have anything else
1: i don't have anything else either um star hunter redux ep- season two episode eight is torment um, and it's about rudolfo 's
0: teenage daughter okay rudolfo 's teenage daughter hmm and I have to work that one out in context of this being how many years in the future from Star Hunter?
1: Um, it comes closer to thirteen.
0: Okay. It's all right. Alright, well, Kenneth, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. Listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of Fusion Patrol, we hope you'll consider supporting us at patreon.com slash Fusion Patrol or buymeacoffee.com slash For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently doing a special series on Season 2 of Babylon 5. There's over a decade of previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com. Come join the conversation on our website or Twitter. You can also find some of our other works at SoundCloud.com fusionpatrol Fusion Patrol. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. Just a little after mention here, listeners. During the course of this episode, we mentioned the on-again, off-again nature of the availability of Star Hunter Redux online. Uh, during our course of recording these episodes, it came and went at least twice, uh, and we actually had a hard time watching the, ins- the series in its entirety. When we finished recording, they were gone, and you couldn't find them. We have recently been informed, um, and that is as of May 2022, that Star Hunter Redux can be watched on Shout Factory and that, quote, coming soon, uh, they will be out on Blu-ray and DVD for your enjoyment. So if you're looking for them, that's where to go.